Hello and welcome everybody back to the nudist colony. No tea, low tea, you know the drill. <laughs> hey, my name's Ross. My name's Brent. What's going on everybody? This is the nudist colony, the new metal discussion podcast. Um, my name is Ross. <laughs> <laughs> still, status update, still Ross. <laughs> we'll just endlessly loop that. Uh, uh, what's up, everybody? Um, today... <laughs> today we are, we are talking nasty. Uh, we're, we're, uh, this is, this is a big one. We're, uh, going to kind of do this in a, in a, in a little bit different, uh, fashion than we normally do. Um, this is going to be kind of the intro, uh, like, like the intro on the album that we are discussing, uh, for Limp Biscuits, Significant Other, their 1999 release, um, 1999 release, um, second album that they dropped. Uh, this will not be the review episode. This will be just kind of us talking about the album and our personal experiences with it because this album fucking deserves it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I could have said it better myself. Uh, Lord knows I would have tried and failed uh, just the same. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so this is like a, a preamble. There's not going to be any music played on this episode. Nope. Uh, but the next episode, we will do that. So uh, we, we had a little shift in our, our recording schedule. But, you know, we got to talk about this biscuit as much as I we mean, can. So uh, we're doing a little, like, uh, an intro to this album uh, with a more in-depth album review on the next episode. So check out episode yeah. 31. Uh, but for this one, Ross, uh, I think you had a, a, a plan of attack for how to approach this. Uh, indeed I do. Uh, really, uh, I just kind of wanted to talk about, look, if any album can be called new metal, I feel it's this one. Like if aliens came and were like, show us new metal, we would be like, you would hand them significant other, right? Mm -hmm. It's got a spaceship. I mean, the CD shaped like a spaceship. I mean, it's right there. Been there the whole time. You know? I mean, it is what it, I mean, look, like this is the, I, I feel the kind of the pinnacle, the shining example uh, it's new metal distilled. Like this is this is the big one right here. This is the big Kahuna. Yeah, we've we've been building to this. Um, so I feel like it kind of deserved more than uh, uh, our normal um, uh, discussion. Felt like this maybe deserved uh, just kind of uh, you know us us talking about the album. We're not we're not going to be discussing personnel. We're not going to be discussing specifics of the album. We're going to be discussing kind of our history with it. Yeah. Um, so so starting off. Like for me, I can remember the first time I heard Nookie. It is mm -hmm. seared into my brain. I was driving. The year is 1999. Set the scene. Okay. 1999, summer. I was working at Pizza Hut for the summer. Ah, uh, making it great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was driving to Pizza Hut in my '89 Ford Taurus. Wow. Okay. Uh, and I remember Nookie. They were like, "New. This is the new one from Limp Biscuit." And it started, and my life was forever changed. <laughs> um, I obviously was a big fan of Three Dollar Bill, y'all, before this. Um, so you know, I'm, you know, I, I, and this is pre like the internet existed, but it like I wasn't really on the internet. Like I would mm -hmm. occasionally get on like school, or I you couldn't even get the internet at my house. I lived so far out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Mm -hmm. 
it was not even an option at that point. Um, so I, but you know, like I'd heard people on the radio talking about Limp Bizkit's in the studio and stuff like that. So I knew it was coming. And then to hear it, I was, I was fucking floored. And I remember getting to Pizza Hut and being like, holy shit, have you heard? <laughs> and I think I'm trying to remember, but I think you said you had heard the same thing. Okay. We okay. both heard it. Do you, or do you do you remember differently? Do you I remember the first time. I don't have that specific memory of hearing the the song, but I remember specifically the first time that I saw the album, and this was when I was a little bit older. And uh, I, for a brief flicker of time, we had cable. We had like satellite uh, cable oh, wow. or whatever, like a satellite dish, and yeah. uh, so I was able to watch TRL Total Request Live at that time. Hell yeah. And they introed the video. And I have a specific memory of uh, Carson Daly, who was the host <laughs> at the time. He was like, uh, coming up in a little bit, we're going to show the uh, new music video for Limp Bizkit. The song's called Nookie. And then he went to commercial, <laughs> and I was just like anticipating the whole thing. It was like the longest commercial break of all time. Yeah. And then it came back, he played the video, and my mind was just like blown. It's not even like that cool of a video, but the song just hits so hard. And then it's like a group setting toward the end of it. They're like playing in an alley and there's like a crowd of people are into it. You know, Wes looks fucking cool as shit. The whole band's going off. And, uh, you know, Fred Durst's red backwards baseball cap is solidified, iconic at that moment. He's got the puffy, puffy jacket that, uh, Pope Francis would later wear, thanks to AI. <laughs> but, uh, but I sick reference, bro. <laughs> but I remember uh, after seeing that video, they went back to commercial, and I had to go uh, take the trash barrel to the end of my uh, uh, dirt road that I lived on. And the whole time, <laughs> I was just like, I can't believe I get I got to see this. I got to live long enough to see this music oh. video. It was incredible. I couldn't get enough of it, and uh, Amazing. it's so good. I love the song Nookie to this day, Agreed. and uh, yeah, man, it's just a whole goddamn blast. It's so silly, but also it hits so fucking hard. I've been listening to this a lot since we announced that we were going to be covering this next. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've listened to this album, Jesus, probably like seven or eight times. Yeah, <laughs> Don't skip a single track, and uh, yes, like that... that Nookie just hits, man. Um, I so 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 that that day that we worked at Pizza Hut, I remember go, going in and being mm-hmm. like, we were talking about it. So I think maybe you would have heard it. Um, I'm sure they had probably played it. I'm sure I didn't hear it the first time it was played on the radio, but um, I feel like you had heard it, and we were both just like, dude, that song fucking rules. Mm-hmm. I remember there was an older guy that worked there. Um, oh god, the guy with the 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 mohawk. Oh, Casey. Casey, yeah. yes. And he was like, dude, that fucking sucks. Biscuit <laughs> fucking sucks. And we were like, no, but you, it's awesome. Yeah. And I remember we were calling uh, our local radio station, Z104.5, The Edge. We were calling them repeatedly, asking them to play Nookie. Oh, that's um, awesome. Like we did it so many times. And mm. I remember, because we had a radio in the back um, where like the dishwasher section was. Yeah. And uh, I remember they finally, they're like, by popular request, here's Nookie. Mm-hmm. I remember we turned that shit <laughs> way too loud. Yeah. We were just like in the back, like, yeah. And yeah. then I remember Casey was like, afterwards, we were like, see? And he was like, all right, yeah, that, was, that was all right. That, yeah. was, that was all right. 
I'm like, yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he was huge into Primus. That was his band, you know? Yeah. And yeah. then after I told him that, uh, I think it was like Fred Durst produced one of the Primus albums. He was like, oh, he produced oh, a song on uh, Antipop, I think. Is that what it was? Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It was just a one single song. A good song. A really fucking good song. I remember listening to it back in the day. I haven't. I, I couldn't even tell you what it sounded like. But um, yeah. after I told him that, he was like, well, I'll check this out. And then he like listened to the album or, and, and that song in particular. And he was like, yeah, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> he really Wait, climbed off that mountain. You are. You, you, you got you to gotta pay respects. I yeah. mean, uh, it's like I feel like people are starting to kind of come around to it. Mm-hmm. Um, like to, to Limp Biscuit as a band, just yeah. being like, "Yeah, it was, it was pretty fun actually. It was actually, actually not too bad." Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like that really, uh, that really. Um, uh, hold on, I'm, I'm, I'm just out of curiosity. Okay, mm-hmm. it's called Lacquerhead. Um, oh, okay. is is the uh, the Primus song with Fred Durst in it? Uh, go check it out on Antipop by Primus. Mm-hmm. Uh, he produced it. He doesn't perform on it. Um, but it, it does have like this, like really kind of a Limp Bizkit energy, kind of this bouncy, aggressive, um, energy to it. Um, but, uh, that kind of, rem- so, so I've been doing some research, watching like interviews, trying to find some like interviews from around that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll, we'll talk more about some of that stuff on, on the actual review, uh, episode, but I did come across one video that was teens react to Limp Biscuit. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! That's, and so they had all these shits up to now. Oh man, it was fucking great. Um, uh, I'm sure if you Google teens react to Limp Biscuit, mm-hmm. it'll be like the first thing that comes up. It had like a couple million views, um, but most of them were kind of like none of them had heard of Limp Biscuit. That's um, disgusting. And they were like, "Is this like an old band? You know, because they're like teenagers, so like they had." broken up really at that point i mean they they got back together but like uh you know especially by the time i'm sure that some of those kids were starting because some of them seemed like 15 16 17 years old so like Mm -hmm. you know they they that wasn't a thing that they could have heard in any way unless like an older person introduced them or they just happened to be into that like i guess at this point retro kind of music Mm -hmm. jesus christ um, hey man, any to these kids, anything before January sixth, twenty twenty one is <laughs> is old school to them. <laughs> but uh, uh, there was one young black girl um, who was like fucking in. She'd never heard of Limp Bizkit. Mm-hmm. She didn't know anything about them, but she fucking loved them. And oh her, great, her um, like by the end of it, most of them were like, because they played quite a few songs for mm-hmm. them. And some, uh, most of the teens are kind of like, this is just too aggressive and it's just too much. Like, what did he say? Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, pussies. <laughs> Gen Z are pussies. No, I'm kidding. I don't think they are. Uh, Gen Z seems, they seem pretty great overall. Uh, but um, the, the, this younger black girl was just like absolutely floored and in love with them and so ecstatic um, that it, it, g- it gave me so much joy because it was almost like my seeing like my enthusiasm for it. Where oh, she's just awesome. like, "What is this? I've never heard anything like this." And I think <laughs> it really does cement the fact that like, yeah, you can say like there was like people that kind of copied Limp Biscuit, and there are things that you, could, but no one truly sounds like them. Oh I no, mean, no. Listen to the song Nookie, uh-huh. and like and like 
just take Fred's vocals out of it for a second. Listen to the music. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that? Yeah. There's nothing like it. Not, not today, not before. It's just this weird blend of sort of like of hip-hop and rock, but done in a way that I think meshes so fucking well together. And for me at that time, it was just like, it was so new. It sounded like nothing I'd ever heard before. I was like, this is the music of the future. <laughs> if you pair Limp Biscuit up with Dippin' Dots, you're living in the future, baby. You know? Um, They're both I, equally as popular <laughs> to this day. You find them both in shopping malls around the world. <laughs> Uh, you know, speaking of Nookie specifically, and, and, and just based on the music alone, like the verse into the chorus, you've got a drum machine that leads into live drums. And there are other bands that have done that before and, and continue to do that. You know, Linkin Park's a good example, especially in the, yeah. the new metal front. But this is just different. It just I, It's hard to quantify. Like, uh, trying to say that, uh, like, the band Cake has always sounded just like the band cake. That's it. Like, you know a cake song when you hear it. It's, yeah, exactly. There's yeah. there's something uh, significant, like an other, that uh, comes into play when these uh, five characters get together, you know? And True. it's just, it just makes makes magic. And there's so much variety on this album, but each song holds true to that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really weird whenever you hear them play live and one of the members are out, um, usually either like uh, Sam or John. Because I know they both had some health problems and some substance abuse issues. Well, they're a bass player and a drummer, right? And like the song says, the the rhythm is going to get you. It is. And it did. It did for a brief (laughs) period of time. The rhythm got them. But they're back. Um, Weirdly enough, so I listened to an interview today. Apparently, they're not actually cousins. Oh, okay. I forgot that you had mentioned that. Tell everybody that they're cousins. And have told everybody that they're cousins and refer to each other as cousins. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's because, I guess, their families were so close and they, like, grew up together that they just called each other cousins. Mm. Cousin? Uh, I don't know. But I, I, I literally just today found out that they weren't actually blood-related, which I have thought forever that they were. Because um, it kind of makes sense that they're both in the rhythm section. You would think, like, I guess it doesn't doesn't really matter. But, like... It just it was in my head. I'm like, oh yeah, they just play together so well because they're blood related, and they. Mm-hmm. But I guess they did grow up to, with each other, so it makes sense. But uh, the rhythm section is just, um, and you know, the rhythm section kind of extends to West too. His playing style is so rhythmic mm-hmm. um, that it's it. He almost feels like another rhythm section, and then you've got Lethal, who you know, scratching is inherently rhythmic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things that really stand out to me about them is just they are such a rhythm-focused band. I feel like Nookie is really kind of the shining example of that. How like they can transition from that drum beat into or that uh, <clears throat> that uh, sample beat into like live drums, and it's like seamless. Like yeah. you almost wouldn't know unless you're really listening closely. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that 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 song Nookie. Um, granted at this point in my life, I've heard it like a million times. So mm. it's not like, doesn't give me the same exact feeling, but like re-listening to it, like it absolutely brought me back to, uh, the summer of 1999. Um, that was like the year that I really started. Like, I think I maybe had my license in 98, but I feel like that was the year that I kind of like, was like let free into the world. Like mm-hmm. 
I had a job and I could go. I had the freedom. I had a car um, with a CD player in it. Like that was all I fucking needed. Like, yeah. And just like you and I, we would just drive around after mm-hmm. school. If we didn't have to work, we would just drive around the weekend. We would just drive around until mm-hmm. like nine or 10 o'clock at night and listen to CDs and gas was 75 cents. A <laughs> I was going to say, like, yeah. It's like, you're gonna, you fill up your entire tank for like $10 and then just oh, drive around some dirt roads in the dark for a while, you know? And listen to music really loud. It was the mm-hmm. fucking best. And this yeah. album, like when I listened to it, um, that nostalgia hits me from that time. Um, it, it it is just so like it's like instant nostalgia, like mm. fucking pure. Uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Like a uh, uh, unadulterated like nostalgia in my veins. Like I can't help but go back to the summer of 1999. We were what probably I guess juniors in high school yeah i think we would have been like 16 yeah somewhere Um, in there yeah it makes sense but it it just it was like the perfect album at the perfect time Mm -hmm. um and it just it really did like i mean i had already been a big fan of music for a long time but like there was something about this album specifically that just felt so new and fresh and unlike anything i'd ever heard before Mm -hmm. that how could you not? I feel like a lot of people deny that they liked Limp Biscuit, but it was like it was a huge selling. It sold like 16 million copies. Yeah, like, I know you motherfuckers bought it, listened to it, and enjoyed it. Like, and I feel like now it's like I said, now it's slowly starting to come back around. Right, I hear people. Nick Weiger from the Doughboys podcast, mm-hmm. a close personal friend of ours. Um, <laughs> that's a joke. Hey, He's buddy. Not, I wish. Uh, but even he was saying like how much he loves Limp Biscuit. Like he went back and was listening to it and he was like, I really fucking enjoyed it. Like I remember kind of poo pooing it, you know, a while back and being like, Oh, Limp Biscuit, they're so corny, whatever. But like he went back and listened to it. He's like, no, they fucking rock. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do. Yeah. Um, I, you know, Nick Weiger is a big fan of Metallica. So I can, I can kind of see at, at least he's, familiar with like heavier music you know and i actually have a a story that involves both metallica and limp biscuit so it was in 2020 i believe uh my wife and i went on vacation we went to florida great time to be in florida uh you know midsummer pandemic on and popping but not in florida baby they don't give (laughs) no single fucks so um and you know it's the home state of of limp biscuit and so we were there at, uh, we were like at some little like shopping center. Uh, it was like, a, a, like this wharf side shopping center or whatever. And like out in the parking lot, which was massive and just filled with a ton of parked cars. There was this one car that kept driving around trying to look for an open spot. And it was some type of sports car. I'm not good with cars, but it was like, I don't know, Mustang adjacent or whatever. Yeah. And it looked like it, the person spent too much money on it for what it was, you know, like it, it just looked too plussed up. It's like, you, right. you really should have put that extra money toward a nicer car. But yeah. this guy, he was driving around, he had his, all of the windows possible down and he was blaring enter Sandman by Metallica, which <laughs> I like, but for this guy and like his whole vibe, I was like, Oh, this guy's just a straight up douchebag. You know, I could feel his wallet chain dragging across the pavement from his sure. car. And so he he drives around, and we're like, God damn, that guy, it, it drives me nuts when people do shit like that. You're disturbing other people, you know? It's just like, 
air right. pollution. But he drives back around, and as he's coming back around, I hear the rumblings in the distance. As he's driving past me, he starts playing Nookie. Fuck yeah. And I'm just like, well, maybe this guy ain't so bad. Yeah. <laughs> we should not be quick to judge. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so those were the two hits that guy played, so. <laughs> you just had a CD with those two burned on <laughs> Yeah. Time to drive around in the challenge, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure everybody knows. Every damn person. I, I, I try not to, to, to blast music really loud um, when there's like, uh, like you know, if, if it's like a, if it was like a place like that where people are like outdoors doing stuff. But mm -hmm. uh, if I'm if I'm driving around uh, in the in in the city by myself because my wife can't take loud music, um, I always have it way too fucking loud. I have permanent <laughs> hearing damage. I have tinnitus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and I know it is from uh, years of playing in a band and listening to music much too loud on the radio. But whatever, yeah. fuck it, who cares? That's fine. That's fine. How could it possibly go wrong? It's just ringing in my ears. Right? <laughs> I can just ignore it. Yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> I mean, like, sure, it will affect us and our ability to uh, speak on the podcast because we're just going to be screaming the entire time, ah? levels constantly peaking. <laughs> what did you say? God willing, I die before it gets too bad. Oh, I'll make sure to take you out. Thanks, Ben. Don't even worry about it. Appreciate that. Yeah. I got you. My wife, my wife and I already have uh, uh, kind of a suicide pact. <laughs> or like, look, if the world gets too bad, uh -huh. let's just take some drugs and go to sleep. <laughs> we'll just take a lot of drugs and go to bed. Like one day when your your wife comes home from work, if she's ever like, oh, wow, did you see gas prices? They really went up. You should be like, Ch -ch -ch. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight's the night. I've got the noodles ready, baby. <laughs> Guns are too messy. I don't want to. I don't want to leave. I feel like if I was gonna, well, this is, if I was gonna kill myself, um, I wouldn't want to use a gun unless I was like way out in the woods or something. Because uh -huh. I don't want to like. Because somebody's gonna find your body and it's gonna be like a horror scene. You know, I, I don't want that. But you know, if you die silently from a overdose of drugs in your sleep, then you know. Whatever, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's kind of like... find you like, sleeping. Yeah, it's like if you were to die falling off some children's playground equipment. Anyway, yeah, exactly. do you remember when, uh, <laughs> when we first bought this album? I have a vivid memory of this. I'm trying to remember. I don't. I'm okay. you do. So it was summertime. We bought it like the day it came out. From my that recollection, yeah, uh, it was it was summer. Uh, we were still in school, but it was the summer break, so we didn't have anything to do. Uh, I think we were both working at the time, uh, like you mm -hmm. mentioned, but we had like a day off, I think, or maybe we didn't go to work till later in the day. Whatever the case, uh, we met up with our friend uh, Rachel and uh, her friend uh, Lacey. Uh, okay, yes. And I think we hung out with them for a little bit, and we ended up going to see the second Austin Powers movie, uh, The Spy yeah. Who Shagged Me, and uh, it had just come out like a week or two prior. And so we went to the mall to do that, and then uh, as we were there at the mall, we were like, oh, we got to go buy the new Limp Biscuit album, and uh, they weren't going to be any part of that. So uh, yeah, we went right. and bought it, and then uh, we had to go to a different town. We had to go into... Uh, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, which was the like biggest city where we were. And right. uh, we went to the mall there, saw the movie, bought the album. You and I drove back together. We were just blasting that whole shit all the way home. 
and uh, <laughs> it was a, a good old time. Oh God! Now that you say that, that does that does sound familiar mm-hmm. remotely? Yeah, that does. I remember Austin Powers for sure. Yeah, for sh- Fat Bastard. I I remember where I was at. The second I saw Fat Bastard. I think I saw cinema forever. I think I saw that with you guys before I even saw the first one. I just was kind of familiar (laughs) with it. So you were filling me in on like what what the whole thing was, you know? (laughs) Uh, So that was, that was uh, a unique experience to see that. I was like, so is Fat Bastard, is he in the first one? You're like, no, no, no. This is a new character. First appearance, bro. (laughs) This is the first one. Um, do you think the Awesome Powers movies hold up? I don't know. I I rewatched the first two uh, in uh, early pandemic times, and the first one felt like a series of skits sewn together, and well. then the the second one had more of a, a narrative to it. But uh, the jokes were like uh, kind of further spaced apart than I remembered a little bit. Like they were okay. I okay. I need to go back and rewatch the uh, the third one, but. Honestly, I'll, I might as well just rewatch the the first two again, leading you, into it. You know, that could be said for all Mike Myers sequels. <laughs> yeah, Shrek, Shrek two. two. Yeah, Shrek the third, <laughs> Shrek Forever After. Um, was there any? I so I, I married wanna... an axe murderer again. <laughs> oops, this time, <laughs> this time, oops. <laughs> um, I feel like there was a there, there's some kind of link between. Limp Biscuit and Austin Powers, like there has to be, there's got to be something that pull those two together. Uh, I mean, the the first one came out in 1997, the same year as the first Limp Biscuit album. Fred Durst was in Zoolander. Oh. Oh. <laughs> and Fred Durst also directly calls out Ben Stiller. He's his favorite motherfucker. He's his favorite motherfucker. Mm-hmm. So then Ben Stiller to Austin Powers, there has to be, we got to work this out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Yeah, I feel like there's no. got to be like some connection there. There's something. Mm-hmm. Vern Troyer, I feel like, is some kind of missing piece there. I feel like Vern Troyer, no, maybe not. Oh, no, my God. Who cares? Rest in power, oh. King. Oh, R.I.P., mm-hmm. Big Papa. Oh, man, did you hear Pee-wee died? I did, yeah. My That's wife had to tell me. Man. I had to find out on the streets. What the fuck? Jesus, man. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know Rob Zombie worked on the uh, production for the for the TV show. Covered on friend of the podcast. We've covered his album on here. <laughs> wait, wait. Rob Zombie worked on Pee Wee's Playhouse. Uh huh. Holy he was, uh, shit! He was part of the he was part of the art department. He was Lawrence um, Fishburne the whole time. Uh huh. Damn. Cowboy Carl. Wait. <laughs> what? What was Lawrence Fishburne's? It, it he was, was the mailman. Cow- yeah, but he was cowboy something, right? Like, oh, he was. Cowboy. Oh boy. <laughs> On a steel horse, he rides. <laughs> yes. Okay. Steals. I was in a band one time, and uh, I wanted to play. I, I, I was like, man, we should cover um, that uh, uh, "Dead or Alive" song by Bon Jovi. And I remember we, we tried to cover it, and the singer, <laughs> our singer, could not hit the notes for the life of him. Oh, really? <laughs> so fucking yeah. That song is. Try to sing at full voice. It's it's damn near impossible. <laughs> Got an insane range. Oh, uh, Lawrence Fishburne was Cowboy Curtis. Cowboy uh, Curtis, Pee-wee's. that's it. Yeah. Yes. I was confusing yeah. him for the uh, the mailman, but uh, yeah. Wasn't the mailman um, uh, Phil Hartman? No? Oh, let's look this up. I feel like he was, uh, yeah. But it, it kind of makes sense when you watch like really old uh, white zombie videos um, and then you watch like the first seasons of Pee-wee, first season of Pee-wee's Playhouse. 
Um, like, it's really easy to see where the uh, where the uh, some of his influence uh, came, or at least what influence Rob Zombie had on uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse, because it's got that sort of um, kind of cartoonish but like scary vibes to it. Um, uh, just amazing. Uh, so I'm trying to find some information. I'm spending way too much time on this, but it's no one famous. There's like John Moody as Mailman Mike, and then also it says that uh, a a woman named Mercurser or Mercurson. Uh, oh, S. Epatha Mercurson. <laughs> Oh, it's <laughs> yeah. a Prithicassison. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Now you're getting it, yeah. <laughs> of the uh, Saginaw Mercursersons. That's of what it course. was. Yeah, we were all we thinking all it. Tip of we the tongue know. and all that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but man, R.I.P., the, 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 he, uh, he, was, he was really important to me. Oh, good old Pee Wee. Like, when I was growing up, uh, I remember watching Pee Wee's Playhouse every Saturday morning um, and just... Nothing like it. That, that was a completely unique show. Did you watch that when you were younger? I did, yeah. Uh, played by Paul Rubens, uh, Pee Wee Herman. And uh, I, I watched it back in the day. I, I kind of had this... Uh, I had this buffer that I would put up with anything that was like non-animated. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to like Pee Wee. Like, you really like scrutinize shit like that when you're a child. You're like, right. mm, yes, I don't know about this. Uh, smoking a bubble pipe and shit. And right. uh, then, like, Pee-wee was, like, fun as shit. You know, you had Cherry. You had all these, like, crazy Ugh. characters that were in it and whatnot. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it was a lot of fun. The genie's head that was in it. Oh. That was fun. Maka Laka High, Maka Lick something. Maka Lick Tie? Maka Lick Tie. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're so good at me. Uh, it, weirdly enough, my parents were, like, super into Pee-wee. Um, they, like, loved Pee-wee. I remember, uh, like, the first drive-in movie that I ever saw was uh, a double feature of Pee-wee's Playhouse and Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Really? Okay. And uh, it was so fucking cool. Um, I was just, yeah, my parents loved So, like, that was, like, the one thing as a kid that my parents were like, oh, Pee-wee's on. Like, so we would all watch it. Um, I don't know why they were so into that. It doesn't seem like something they would be, like, super into. But, you know, whatever. It was funny. It was good. Um, apparently he had like the, one of the longest, um, running like, uh, sketch shows for, at least for the time at the Groundlings. Um, he was like an early Groundlings member, which is an improv group from, well, they had multiple places, but a lot of Groundlings people went on to be like SNL, um, SNL hosts. So mm -hmm. if you look at like Groundlings alumni, like you'll see like so many SNL people. Lisa um, Kudrow kind of from like, Friends. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, she was, uh, podcast sensation Adam Carolla. Yeah, I'm sure he was fun. It's probably <laughs> more fun back then, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, but Phil Hartman as well uh, was also a groundling. Uh -huh. um, but uh, they were kind of, uh, if, if people are familiar with the comedy world, they were sort of like UCB before UCB. You also had Second City out of Chicago who did a lot of, um, uh, they also, you know, bred a lot of like comedians, bred them, literally. They had like a breeding <laughs> program. It was weird. Yeah, um, they had a lot of uh, uh, a lot of really good comedians come out of Second City. Also, I want you to go back mentally back to circa two thousand two, two thousand three, Tulsa, Oklahoma, mm -hmm. and uh, there was a late night show that would come on after Saturday Night Live, and maybe like the show after that. Even I, I don't I don't quite remember, but it okay. was a show starring 
uh, a comedy troupe, not necessarily improv, but a comedy troupe from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Do you remember their name? I do not, no. Beef Baloney. Beef Baloney was their name. Does that ring a bell for you? Not in the slightest. <laughs> they had like a bunch of skits that were kind of just like, kind of weird. Like I, it was the, my first exposure to stuff like that. Yeah. It was like very alt comedy. Um, huh. and, and it wasn't like set in studios or whatever. Like they would go out and film things and then edit it and, and you know, put it up as an episode or whatever. But they had uh, a couple of skits where they were like lip syncing to Japanese music dressed as like women oh, and stuff. So it was, it was kind of funny. But uh, huh. they, my favorite skit of theirs was, it was a uh, like a hillbilly cribs, and it was just like somebody's like, <laughs> it was like a classic Oklahoma backyard. They were walking through, they were like going through a tool shed and shit, and just like finding a bunch of uh, shit in there. Like I don't have any specifics for it that would uh, really sell this. It's just like in my brain, it's like, oh yeah, that was kind of funny when they did that. I'm gonna have to check that out. I wonder yeah. if there's anything on like YouTube. I don't, was it all filmed in Tulsa? It was like a Tulsa local thing. I think so, That's uh, crazy. It, or, or maybe like surrounding areas. But yeah, it was huh. uh, it was kind of cool that it was like on air. You know, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, my, my wife and I are talking about taking improv classes. Oh, really? Yeah, we're bored. We need something to do. <laughs> Literally, that we had a conversation. We're like, we're bored. We need <laughs> we need something that isn't watching Star Trek every night. Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, Limp Biscuit, they're Limp great. Limp Biscuit, yeah. <laughs> uh, so you know when we were, when we lead up to do these album reviews, we and I've said this before, I'm, I'm very repetitive on this episode, but uh, leading up to the album reviews, we go through and we have to listen to these albums. And sometimes I'm just not in the mood to do so, you know, kind of depending on what it is. And, uh, you know, like that Biohazard album, that was like pulling fucking teeth for me. That was rough. Similar with uh, the Cold album that we did as well. Look, sometimes you have hits, sometimes you have misses, sometimes you have shits, sometimes you have pisses, you know, as it says in the Bible. And I do have to say, I have been so hyped to listen back to this album. Like, literally, as you left for the last recording, I, like, threw on just like this. I was like, "Uh uh-huh. Yep, we're gonna break the yeah. seal on this bad boy tomorrow, and uh, so I've, good. I've just I've lost track of how many times I've listened to the album all the way through. It's got to be in the double digits by now, and I've been like skipping around different tracks and uh, not even like any in particular like uh, mindset for it. It's not like oh I want to listen to just the heavy shit. Sometimes I listen to some of the like seek out and listen to some of the more melodic tracks on here. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, it, there's not a there's not a there's not a track that I skip. I mean, maybe the intro and outro. I don't need to listen to that every time. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't need to listen to Matt Pinfield getting mad. Um, <laughs> now, are you listening to this on a disc, or are you listening to this on a streaming service? Uh, Spotify. Yeah. Spotify. Okay. Is it 16 tracks on there? Um, I I think so. Yeah, I think they had the intro and the outro separated. Okay, I know on the actual like physical. Uh, disc, the outro was all just like one thing. Right. And so yeah. the, the Matt Penfield thing was like in that uh, it was like all in that same track. It was all baked in there. Right. And then there's the the Les Claypool mm-hmm. thing uh, yeah. also. Uh, which I love that Les Claypool sticks up for Limp Bizkit. Um, yeah. Like it, I, I've seen him in interviews where he's like, I love Fred. He's a great guy. 
Yeah. Which I love that Les Claypool, when he's, his talking voice sounds like his singing voice. <laughs> it's just weird, high pitch, kind of, well, kind of like this. Even though he's from like like Bakersfield or something, he's like from California, but uh, you would think he's like <laughs> some like from Tennessee or Kentucky or something the way he yeah. talks. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And also the, his, the way he plays music is is he, he throws a lot of like uh, rednecky kind of stuff in there. I mean, uh, when it was Big Brown Beaver, Ooh. I think was like their first big hit. It was the first one I remember hearing. Yeah, I think so. And then it was Jerry's, uh, like the race car driver one. Was it? Was it called? Jerry was a race car driver. Jerry was a race car driver. M- might have actually been before that, but I I hadn't heard it. Mm-hmm. I think it was on an album before that. Um, it didn't but, make it out uh, here until. Yeah, Winona, yeah, we we didn't get uh, yeah we didn't get some of that the weirder stuff. But that mm-hmm. that's the first thing I at least remember listening to mm-hmm. was, was uh, Primus. But I I love that uh, you know for the music snobs you can be like well Les Claypool likes him so <laughs> shit <laughs> asshole. Uh, there was a well, there's something I watched recently that had Primus in it and they were playing a song. Uh, I think it was one of the Bill and Ted movies I watched recently. That uh, would make sense. Yeah, that's what it was. It was a bogus journey. There was like a okay. like a, a battle of the bands toward the end of it. And right. Primus is one of the bands. I'm like, Bill and Ted, I know I've seen those movies before, but you guys do not stand a chance. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Primus is just fucking good, you know? And then uh, was it, uh, let's see, uh, the the guitarist from uh, Faith No More, I cannot think of his name right now. Oh, yeah. Billy something, he was he was, uh, he was was in there too. Yeah, he's like from the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he tries to kill yeah. Them, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, it's just, I mean, look, so so we'll, we'll get into the review next week and we'll really, really deep dive and we'll, we'll really discuss the, uh, the, the individual tracks. But on this one, we just kind of wanted to talk about you know, our overall, um, uh, our feelings on the album. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the album? Yeah. Uh, we're not going to spoil our ratings yet, but if you listen with a critical ear, I bet you can tell what we're going to give it. We hate it. Two stars. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, look, this, um, is, this is turning into quite the Limp Biscuit celebration, the Biscuit-bration, if you will, because we had uh, the West Borland episode last time. We've got this intro to Significant Other. Uh, significant intro, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got the uh, the next, uh, hopefully the next episode, unless something else comes up, uh, then we'll have to like reduce the fraction of thirty further uh, to make that one a hidden track as well. But I'm fine all, with it. All that to say, this is uh, just now a significant other review <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Every time we're gonna listen to it, absolutely. Uh, and then we've got some stuff uh, coming up that's uh, maybe not album review related, but we've got some uh, guests coming up on the podcast that are going to discuss yeah. uh, a thing with us, uh, a, a visual thing for you to watch along with. So just uh-huh. as a little tease, we'll we'll announce that as it gets closer, and uh, we we all promise to uh, to do the recording. So uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, do you remember when uh, White Zombie was in Ace Ventura? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Me too. <laughs> I wish good. they would would continue doing that in <laughs> movies, you know? Like sometimes it's just like here's a band, it's like way too aggressive for anyone to enjoy, like that's the joke or whatever. Right. But even still it's nice to see heavy music like that represented, you know? I know. Yeah. yeah. Or when Guar was in uh, uh Empire Records. 
I don't think I've ever seen that. Ooh, just check it out. It's pretty good. Got a young uh, uh, Liz. Um, Wait, Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler. That one. <laughs> Liz I, Tyler. <laughs> I confuse uh, Empire Records with like I don't know something else I haven't seen, like Slackers or something like that, and I like conflate them oh. in my brain that they're all the the same thing. Right. No, this is this is this is some more uh this is it's 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 some good nineties like nostalgia uh shit. Um but yeah, you should check you should check it out. It's good. I feel like this is turning into the uh Chris Farley. <laughs> Did you do you remember when that happened? That was awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, That's most of our episodes, so yeah. I think it's all right. Either <laughs> yeah, either we're mediocre, we hate it, or we love it. Well, I guess that's kind of the that's the scale. I guess those, <laughs> yeah, I guess it would have to be one of those. There was a uh, <laughs> what uh, else we would feel about it. There was this guy that uh, had this website, and he still might. It was like a comic or maybe a manga review uh, website, and it was called Good Bad Okay, and that was like just his rating scale. That was it. It's like either good, bad, or okay, and that's kind of all you need. I know we've extended really? that into yeah. a like a seven-string uh, rating scale for fun. That's for but, fun. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, people can kind of read between the lines there. You exactly. Know? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So, um, is there anything in any, any other deeply repressed memories you have of the biscuit <laughs> that you want to? I remember uh, one quick thing. Mm-hmm. Um. I remember getting into fights with friends of ours. Rachel being one. You're listening, Rachel. <laughs> Probably. I tell you what, between this show and uh, Let's Talk About Stuff, I can't get away with shit because I think she listens to both and she will <laughs> message me and like uh, my co-host Steven over there and just like drop pictures. I'm like, fuck. She knows. <laughs> She's got the receipts. She's got the receipts for everything. Yeah. Can't get away with shit. Um, her and our friend Lainey. Um, I remember they both hated Limp Biscuit. Oh my and, God. Uh, hey, man, hey, nobody's perfect. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's perfect. Yeah, that's right. We would have, like, I remember, like, long battles <laughs> over the legitimacy of Limp Biscuit. And, like, I remember, like, uh, specifically in art class, mm-hmm. um, because it, it started out with, like, art, like, we sat at a table with uh, Rachel, or, yeah, I think Rachel and Laney. Mm hmm. Um, and then maybe maybe somebody else was in there. Uh, but I remember we sat at a table with them, and we would get into, like, arguments over whether or not Limp Biscuit was good. And then I remember there was, like, a table next to us that, like, overheard it and started getting in on it. And then there was, like, another table. <laughs> and I remember, but, like, by the end of the semester, like, half the class was involved in this, like, is Limp Biscuit good or do they suck battle? And remember, you and I were like maybe the only two that were, but we were leading the goddamn charge against everyone else in art class. We were putting out like war paint and shit. It's time for the biscuit brawl. Putting out our blacked out contacts. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Let's go. Man, holy shit. Uh, that, that did knock another memory loose. Just ooh. talking about art class because our art teacher, she was kind of uptight, Miss Daly. Uh, for an art teacher, yeah. For an art teacher. Uh, <laughs> but she she would, like, play the radio in there. We could put it on the alternative rock station, yeah. which would play new metal as part of the uh, the healthy diet of music there. Absolutely. And there was one time they were uh, starting to give away tickets to Edge Fest, which was the local music festival Ooh, put right. on by Z104.5 The Edge. And uh, I, I think it was, uh, like, in 97. So, like, Limp Biscuit was 
on its way out or they were getting ready to debut. So it was like before this, right. this album came out. Right. Yeah. So we were in that class and, uh, they were giving away tickets during the day and she had a phone in the closet and one of the kids, uh, he was like, can I use your phone? And so he like called the radio station and it was, he could not get through. He's like, damn, I was really trying to get through. Yeah. Um, but there was a, uh, there was an announcement that, for that festival, they were going to have a special MC, and it was just like a one-day festival, so they could afford to fly a person in for that day and just be there all day, introduce all the bands, you know, set up all the stuff, and be- in, you know, talk in between the acts. Right. And they were like really trying to build up who it was, like give hints but not quite say. And they said he was bald, and they said he's very popular on that Sunday nights. <laughs> so we were like. Holy shit, is it going to be fucking Homer Simpson? <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, it can't be Homer Simpson, can it? He's a cartoon. Let me check. Yeah, he is a cartoon character. And we're like, I'd, maybe it's Homer Simpson. Like, they kept repeating those clues, and people would call in with the same guesses. And, like, somebody, on, like a caller on the phone was like, Homer Simpson? He's like, no, it's not Homer Simpson. And then we had the discussions, like, Maybe you didn't hear him properly. <laughs> it's got to be Homer Simpson. So if, if anything, we're like, maybe it's like a, a, the voice of Homer Simpson, Dan Castaneda, or however yeah. you pronounce his name. He's bald in real life. You know, he's he's on The Simpsons. That's Big like the biggest Sunday show. Night. So we're like, maybe it's him. And then somebody guessed that, and that wasn't it. And then it turned out to be Matt Penfield, who is on this album Very uh, toward the end, toward the, toward the <laughs> outro. But he was like popular for like hard rock music you know it was like on 120 minutes on mtv or whatever people were like oh okay yeah i guess that makes sense (laughs) but it was like no one was excited about him who if you think homer simpson is going to pay your state a visit (laughs) it's only downhill from there it can only be worse (laughs) you know oh man i was that for edge edge fest 97 because i was at edge fest i think so yeah yeah do you remember seeing matt penfield there No. No? (laughs) Look, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. (laughs) He, I don't dislike Matt Penfield. He's just sort of like fine, you Uh know, like it's fine. I was like Kurt Loder. It's like you're fine. I don't hate you. Yeah. You know Serena Alshul, but. (laughs) But who is? Honestly, in this day and age? No Uh, Kennedy. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I remember he was just like he was pretty good at interviewing bands. Like his, he had a, a gruff enough demeanor that he could, like they were kind of put at ease by him. And he sure. had a, uh, I don't know if he was known as a hothead, but he could like yell and get like passionate and whatnot. So I think he maybe that's on this album. Interesting. Maybe. Yeah. Tune in next week to find out. Ooh, no spoilers. Also listen to the album. I mean, it's just readily available. You've probably yes. already done that. So do it. Do yeah. it again. Let's get Why those not? numbers up. <laughs> <laughs> what if there is like a weird resurgence for this album for Limp Biscuit, and they like notice? That'd be wild. I genuinely think that there is like I I I regularly hear, especially like younger people being uh. like, of course they call it like older like old music or like retro music or whatever. But like uh. you know that '90s thing is coming back, and I keep oh, yeah. hearing things that like. The new metal style, like the Jinkos and such. I mean, look at like mm-hmm. Billie Eilish. Like she looks like she could have been a girl in a corn video circa nineteen ninety seven. You know. Oh, she's definitely a freak on a leash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I get it. <laughs> no, but, if uh, if uh, if our friend Rachel is listening, and you know, new metal and Limp Biscuit in particular is not in her wheelhouse. What songs from this album would you recommend that she listens to? And then, uh, you know, we'll we'll definitely talk about next next episode. That's a good one. I feel like rearranged is pretty. Um, like it, it, it's not like the it's it's not break stuff, you know. It's it's mm-hmm. like it's a little bit more. So so if you maybe you're not like, I know some people don't like just the the hyper aggression of Limp Biscuit, and that's what most people think of when they think of Limp Biscuit, especially with the the Woodstock '99 thing and everything. Um, uh, but I think rearranged is like a nice like um, it's just a good song. It's like it's got a great melody to it. Um, we'll talk about the melodies on this album next week. Check out the melodies. Check, 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 check. Um, but um, like, I, I think the music, the the musicality behind it, like the the instrumentation behind it, is just just fucking perfectly on point and a great like it's a great display of all of their talents. Even like Fred's, which you know, you can argue that Fred his talent level is somewhere. <laughs> it's debatable. It's debatable. Uh-huh. Um, but I think for the rest of the band, like it's it's a it's a really great. Because I try to tell people, like, Limp Biscuit, like, musically was kind of unparalleled, especially for, like, the late 90s. And I would even argue for, like, the entirety of the 90s. Like, they're one of the, like, most, like, musically centered or musically, uh, like, like inventive bands. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you, but most people just get, they get stuck on the Fred Durst voice. Yeah. Um, but uh i think rearrange is a great example where you can you can hear everybody's instrument playing really well and everybody it meshes super great um and it's just a it, it's a it's a fun song to listen to uh it's got a really good vibe to it um that bass line is just killer yeah um but uh yeah I, I would say i would say rearrange what about you i would say a lesson learned as uh, the final okay. musical track on the album and yeah. it just has a pleasant melody it's not aggressive at all uh but it has a cool vibe to it and yeah. I just, I, I get it, I've had it stuck in my head off and on over the past, like, 20 years or however long this album's been out. Like, every right. once in a while, that, that melody uh, just just gets stuck in my head, and I'm like, yeah, this was this was the song for, for now. And then um, <laughs> uh, I would also recommend In Together Now. I know this is oh. uh, a, a, not an unaggressive song. It's just, like, a hip-hop song. But it's done very well. Method Man's there. DJ Premier does the production. And it's just like a, a legitimately good hip-hop song. Like, you could throw this oh, on absolutely. a hip-hop pl- uh, playlist for anything that was around this time, even the early 2000s. And it would just fit nice and snug right there. It's just fucking good. And, like, even Fred's raps are a little bit corny, but that's, like, sort of the Beastie Boys, you know? So is Missy Elliott sometimes. So it's, like, it's playful. It's fun. Method Man fucking kills it, as always. Uh, a great feature almost every damn time, or at least every time I've heard. And uh, yeah, man, those those would be my two picks right there. I have I have a whole theory about In Together Now that I will bring up next week. And I I got receipts for that bitch. <laughs> so we'll talk about that next week. I okay. got some I got some deep theories on this one. I've gone I've gone JFK assassination, grassy <laughs> knoll levels of. Um, uh, but uh, break also, out the red yarn. Uh, if, if you want something a little bit more aggressive, um, that isn't the, the, the big one. I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, break stuff or, or um, 
uh, I guess Nookie's not super hard. It is, it is a little hard. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, Nobody Like You, um, oh I think, is, is like a standout track to me. Yeah. And, if you love um, Stone Temple Pilots and Scott Weiland in particular, Nobody Like You is for you because absolutely. It, he's all over that chorus. It's fucking excellent. It sh- it's a song that shouldn't work on paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Fred Durst, Scott Weiland, and Jonathan Davis all singing at the same time. You're like, I, those voices just don't seem like they would. But like somehow or another, mm-hmm. that fucking song just rips with all of them going off. Um, also, 1999, yeah. um, I think is just uh, it's a really good example of um, just like how like playful they can be while also still being like loud and aggressive and uh, just kind of in your face. I remember as this album was coming out, like the promotion for it, they had mentioned the the track listing or it was available somewhere and it said mm-hmm. 1999 and people were like, oh shit, do they cover Prince? Right, because I had covered like, Faith no. before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. no. Uh, they do cover, uh, they do cover uh, Party Like It's 1999 uh, live. Live, yeah. Uh, there is a TRL, oh, maybe not TRL, I think it was recorded in the TRL offices, though. But um, uh, it was for uh, uh, New Year's Eve for 1999, uh-huh. and uh, they played. Uh, you know, we're, the prince, princes were going to part like it's 1999. Um, it's on YouTube. I would highly recommend go check it out. It's it's so much fucking fun. Uh-huh. Um, Lethal really just fucking rips that shit up. It's great. Um, but uh, yeah, so 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 I think at this point we should maybe. Maybe call it there so we don't get too deep into the album because we're going to be talking about this a lot next mm-hmm. week. So definitely <laughs> tune in next week. This was 54 minutes of us almost just like blathering on <laughs> about like, this is stuff that would have been in the next episode that we've right. excised. And then now we can still it talk does... about it for like three hours. Exactly. We're, yeah. we're not going to, we're not going to have any time, any trouble filling time. I no, 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 no. <laughs> Matter of fact, I, I need you to be heavy on that pause button in between tracks. Cause I feel like there's so much to break down with this album. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, do you have anything else that, uh, any other memories get unlocked? Uh, we'll have some more next week. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll continue thinking about it, but no, as of right now, no, I'm, I'm good. If you want to take us on all home. Right. Um. Hmm. Hi everybody. Get, get, hi everybody. Get <laughs> fucked. <laughs> uh, Matt Pitfield rant insert here. Ross, make note. Let me make a note here. Insert Matt Pinfield rant as joke. Okay. I saw something with some balls. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, get fucked, everybody. Bye. Bye. N D C. Fantastic. Uh, bye.